looking at this morning are in there, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. And I don't know if you normally stand, but let's stand this morning for the reading of the text. Verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 23. Again, if you don't have your Bible, these verses are in there. Now, I'm having you turn to probably one of the most familiar passages in the whole Bible. Uh, Maybe second to John 3.16. Psalm 23 has been called the pearl of of the Psalms. I guarantee you, you've heard this. Many of you have this memorized, but whenever you get to a really familiar place in scripture, you need to pause and really think about what you're going through. Because I don't know if you're like me, but when I get to something that I really know well, I think I know well, I just breeze right by it, or I I, I almost skim it. And we miss why it's so popular in the first place, or why it's helped so many people, where we don't really let it impact us. It's hard when you are used to having a series. That you, We have a few people here that, that uh, are sat on my preaching for years, and, and uh, I like to preach through books. I think Pastor Luther, or at least he has a series. He preached through the miracles of Christ. That's awesome. And uh, I, I like to preach through different things. So I always kind of know what I'm going to preach next. But here, uh, it's just one sermon. Tonight, we'll go actually through the second half of Psalm 23. And my friend was talking to me on the phone last night, and he said, is it hard for you uh, not having a series that you're going through. And I said, uh, yes, that is an amazing question that you'd ask that. Absolutely it is. And so I was praying like, Lord, what do you want me to preach? Uh, I have this opportunity to preach to, to your church here in Boiling Springs. And I, I have a, a devotional podcast that I've been doing for a while. And, and I've been going through the book of Psalms called Daily Rejoicing. And I've been going through Psalms and this so happened to be the very next passage. And as I, I read it, it was like, the Lord didn't speak to me, but it was like, that's what you need to preach. Psalm chapter 23. So Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. It's so familiar. Can we read it out loud together this morning? Is that okay? So beginning in verse 1 through verse 3, ready, begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, I pray that you'd help me as I preach. You know that I'm nothing at all, but Lord, I pray that you would just remove me. Please speak through me. Help me to only say what you want me to say, nothing that you don't want me to say. Please help me to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Please give your people ears to hear and hearts to obey the word of God. Help me to be a blessing to somebody this morning. Somebody's not saved this morning. I pray that they would get into the sheepfold of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. You know, in life, there is a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? If you just take a minute, Brother Kenny, and I appreciate Brother Kenny and Aaron so much. I know that you're thankful that they're here. How many of you are thankful that Brother Kenny and Aaron are here? Why don't you give a big hearty amen? Ready? Amen. I am thankful too. Pastor Luther was looking for somebody praying for a long time, and uh, the Lord led them here. They're the perfect couple for here. I appreciate them so much. And uh, he said a moment ago that there are, are, God's given us more than we need, and that's true. I think that's really true, especially in, in America, especially around here. I mean, we've got it great. And life is good. But if you were to be honest, sometimes it's just one thing after another, isn't it? (laughs) Life is good. However, there's also quite a bit of things going on in my life. And don't raise your hand, but I think that's probably true for everybody. It seems like there's another battle, another problem, another bill. Why does the mail keep coming? Another bill. There's more things we've got to deal with or another big decision or another family problem and things that you've just got to go through. And if if you look around and you see all the things that you've got to deal with in life, you could get really discouraged. Now, how many of you have ever been discouraged? 
okay? It's just us. Yeah, right. We've all been discouraged before. I think the Lord, in his way, got discouraged from time to time when people had little faith and he was going to the cross. He was, he was burdened. We, we've all been there. We've been discouraged. But here's the good news. You and I have a shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen right there? Do y'all say amen here or no? That's not... You say amen, you do. No, you do, good, good. I just want to, hey, we're, it's just us, all right? I, you might not see me very much after this. Like, it's, we're, we're cool, okay? I just want to help you this morning, all right? The Lord is our shepherd. When you realize that the Lord is your guide, the person that's leading you along, the, the word lead, leadeth is, is twice there in verse two and verse three. He is leading you and guiding you along. You just want to praise the Lord. Number one, I, I want you to see, first of all, in your notes, the scene, the scene, S-C-E-N-E. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, here's what I mean by it's a familiar passage, so we just breeze right through. Now, I'm not a shepherd. I don't know any shepherd. Is anybody in here a shepherd? Okay, I didn't think so. Right? There's not a lot of shepherds. But back here in the Middle East, at the time that this was written, David's day, and, and for many, many years after that, and even today a little more, but especially then, for him to say shepherd instantly in everybody's mind, that meant something. They were really familiar with what a shepherd was and what a shepherd did. All of the patriarchs were shepherds, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, uh, uh, in, in, in the prophets. I'm thinking of uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Amos. I put a verse from Amos somewhere in your notes. And they, they constantly um, made references to the profession of shepherding because it was such an easy illustration. Um, if there is a, a popular thing, a, a, a very a common profession around here, you might mention that, oh, it's like a, like a garbage collector. Well, back then, garbage collector, what is that? But, but today we know what that means. Okay, so a shepherd, everybody knew what a shepherd was, but we don't. And it's important to understand the context of what a shepherd was and what sheep were. So First of all, look at that. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, this is also good. The Lord, when it's in all capital letters, L-O-R-D, that means his Jehovah God. That's his name. That's the God who keeps his promises. That's what that means. It's his covenant name. There's no specific event mentioned surrounding the psalm. A lot of times you'll have like before the battle or when he was in the cave. At, it just says a psalm of David. We don't know if this was uh, early on in his life. We know David was a shepherd himself, a shepherd boy out there practicing his harp, using his slingshot to kill bears and lions and things. And we don't know if it was early on or if it was later in his life. But when you read around at what people have said about this psalm, a lot of people say that it was later in life. And, and I sort of tend to agree with that. It reads as a man who is looking back on his life and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shot. He has proved the Lord. He has known good. He understands good by having known evil and the Lord bringing him through it. We don't have time to talk about the life of David, but you can see how the Lord shepherded David, led him along. Uh, so the, the, the scene here is this. Letter A, I want you to see about the shepherd and sheep. Letter A, the posting of a shepherd. So what did a shepherd do? The posting of a shepherd. What was his job, really? Now, shepherding was very common. Abel was even a shepherd. I told you about all that. The job of a shepherd was so well understood, but we can boil it down to this. The job of a shepherd was basically this. Shepherds cared for the sheep's every need, everything. They provided for, protected, and directed their sheep. I hope you get this this morning. This is such a blessing. It was a help to me. They knew their sheep. If some of those sheep ever got lost, that shepherd could go find that sheep, even among a bunch of that were not his, and, and recognize that sheep. Those, those sheep knew their shepherd. Uh, there was a distinct mark upon all of his sheep that 
He knew which were his. A good shepherd was diligent to know what was going on with his sheep. He knew the state of his flocks. He knew exactly what they were dealing with. And this is important too. He went out shepherding, ready to fight. And oftentimes we see the beautiful oil paintings of a shepherd, uh, maybe a, a young, uh, smooth-faced lad with the shepherd on his shoulder and all of the edges are rounded and soft and uh, blurry and it's just a, a very tender, kind of effeminate boy. But that's not at all how shepherds were. Um, I read one thing, an observation of shepherds, a man wrote in the Middle East of the 18th century, 1840s maybe this was written. They said this, I'll read it to you. The shepherds themselves, as, as this person from the West observing, the shepherds themselves had none of that peaceful and placid aspect which is generally associated with pastoral life and habits. Pastor, like a pasture sheep, pastoral life and habits. They looked more like warriors marching to the battlefield. A long gun slung from the shoulder, this is the 1800s, a dagger and heavy pistols in the belt, a light battle axe or iron-headed club in the hand. Such were the equipments, and their fierce flashing eyes and scowling countenances showed but too plainly that they were prepared to use their weapons at any moment. Well, you remember, I mentioned David. You mentioned, I remember David when he wanted to go slay Goliath. And is this this mic? Do I need to quit? All right. Here, let me use the handheld. Can I use this one? Let me just use this one. Good job up there. Thank you, Rusty. Test, test, test. Okay, thank you very much. All right. You remember when David was trying to tell Saul that he was able to go slay Goliath? Remember, Saul is like, what are you, you're, just a, you're just a youth. Like, what are you talking about, man? You can't go out there and kill. He said, no, 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 Saul. Listen, he's about 17, we think. I can do it because I'm a shepherd. And I remember when I was out there and a bear came along, I killed that bear. When a lion came along, I killed that lion. God delivered me from the hand of the bear and the lion, the, the paw of the bear. God will deliver me from the hand of Goliath. This, this was not a little, little weakling out there, shepherds. Shepherds went, they were tender, they were loving with their sheep when they needed it, but they were also fierce to protect their sheep. Oh, I hope you're getting this. This is so good. So again, shepherds, what was the deal? They provided for, protected and directed their sheep, okay? Letter B, the sheep's helplessness without their shepherd. All right, so we understand that was a shepherd. A shepherd had a huge full-time job because the sheep were helpless without their shepherd. Again, I've never raised any sheep. Maybe you've raised one or two. You wouldn't call yourself a shepherd, but I have, along with my wife, uh, raised, am raising some children. And uh, we're, we're going to have one in November. We have one of my favorite babies, Bella, right here, Bella Bradley, with her grandma right here that we know. Oh, big yawn. She's so sweet. Babies are perfect, aren't they? We love kids. And uh, if you've had an infant or a toddler, probably most all of you have had something to do with raising a child. If not, you raised a child. Those toddlers are absolutely helpless. I mean, absolutely helpless. They can't feed themselves. Those infants, they can't feed themselves. They can't change themselves. They, they don't know what to do, when to do. They can't even roll over at a certain point. They can do nothing. That's sort of how a sheep is. Sheep were so skittish, they didn't know where to go. 
They, they couldn't find their own food. They, they had to be led to water. They had to be protected. The, the sheep were all of those things that, that you've heard of and more. I don't want to say that a toddler is dumb, but he's not able to do the things that you and I, he doesn't know not to touch that because it's not good for him. He doesn't know not to stick his finger in the light socket. Well, that's what a shepherd was dealing with. Now, imagine having like 50 toddlers, <laughs> okay? That would be a little much. I, maybe they're dealing with it next door. Um, we met the people in our Sunday school class that had the four and five-year-olds and bless their heart, right? That is a ministry, all right? But the, the, the sheep were dumb. They were stubborn, defenseless. They had no sense of direction. That's a little bit like me, no sense of direction. Kara, I, I had to type in the address to my wife drove so I could look over my notes, but I typed in the address to Boiling Springs Fletcher. I was like, I got it queued up, and she's like, I know how to get there. I don't need the GPS. I need the GPS for everything, but sheep are like that. They have no sense of direction. They're prone to wander. They're slow to recognize danger. They're nervous and uneasy. They're easily frightened. I'm saying that without the shepherd, the sheep were helpless. And David compares the relationship between a shepherd and the sheep to the Lord and us. To the Lord and us. To him and the Lord. Are you with me so far? Say amen if you're with me. All right, you guys are listening. Good. Now that we have that in mind, let's see what David means when he says shepherd. Number two, the good shepherd. The good shepherd. Letter A, the person of the shepherd. All right, so who are we talking about here? We're not just talking about any shepherd or a general shepherd. Look at verse one again. The Lord is my shepherd. The patriarch Jacob was the first to identify God as shepherd. In Genesis 49, 24, the Bible says, But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel. And we don't have time to go through it, but if you have a concordance, an online concordance, those are easy to find, King James Concordance, you just type in shepherd, and you will see how over a sheep, shepherd, somebody who keeps the sheep, over and over again, it was progressively revealed in Scripture, especially in the prophets, that a shepherd would come, that the Lord is the shepherd, God is the shepherd, here included, until he was perfectly revealed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our shepherd. It, hold your place in Psalm 23. Go to John 10, if you would, please. John 10. This has a, a lot to say about the Lord being a shepherd. Let's just read what he has to say in John 10, beginning in verse number 1. We'll see how he's the good shepherd. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. This, by the way, this all is, is fact. I was reading some other commentary of people who observed. They, could, they, they said they saw hundreds of sheep together. And then all the different shepherds of different flocks, the shepherds would stand at different edges of the circle and start calling their unique call, their unique pitch of voice. And those sheep knew their shepherd. And they would begin to separate and form lines and go to their own shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying here. Is here. And, and he wasn't teaching them anything. He was trying to apply something they already knew to a spiritual truth. Verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. By the way, why did Jesus come? It's right here. That we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Listen, if you've never met Jesus, you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you're missing out on life and life more abundantly. You're missing out on eternal life. Jesus came to die for our sins. The good shepherd laid his life down for the sheep. That's what a shepherd does. Verse number uh, 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd. A hireling, a hireling was this. Some of the wealthy people that owned sheep were able to hire somebody just to watch the sheep. Like an hourly worker. You can tell the difference when you go into a restaurant. The people that are invested and the people that are just trying to get their 10 bucks an hour and go home. Right? They're not really interested in your experience. They're just interested in that paycheck. That's what he's saying here. There's a difference between a shepherd who owns the sheep who really has grown to love the sheep, and a hireling, somebody that's just there to clock in, to clock out for a certain time. He's that, he's that a hireling, not the shepherd, who's owned the sheep or not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There's a lot there, but suffice it to say, he is the good shepherd. In Hebrews 13, in your notes, he is the great shepherd. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Turn again to 1 Peter, if you would, please. I'm giving your fingers an exercise this morning, okay? You're doing great. Thanks for listening. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. We're going to see how he's also the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5. Verse number one, the elders which are among you I exhort to am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. These verses are, are good verses to know when you're thinking about the doctrine of the pastor in a church. Today we call the, the man of God in a place the, the pastor. Uh, back here in the New Testament, they were called pastors. They were also more commonly called elders and bishops. Those are used interchangeably, for instance, in these verses. The elders, verse number two, feed the flock. That's the job of a pastor. The word pastor literally means shepherd. That's what the word pastor means, shepherd. You have a shepherd here, Pastor Luther, and he's to feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. That's the word for, for bishop, the overseer, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre or money, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. Lord is like, you think they're your sheep, but they're the Lord's sheep. And of course, your pastor feels that way. Verse four, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So what does that mean? Chief of what? Of all the other shepherds that he has placed in the local bodies of Christ. Thank God for your pastor. You have, can I get a big amen there? Big, big amen so we can hear it from live stream. One, two, three. That was good. You have a great pastor. Now, we don't praise man or lift up man. We understand that. But we also give honor to whom honor is due. And, and your pastor, I've spoken to him a lot and been friends with him for a while now, going out to eat and things. He loves this church. 
He loves you all. He's talking about the great service you had last Sunday morning, and that is awesome. And you should encourage your pastor in the Lord. I'm so glad he's able to get away and and get a little break. He's a pastor, he's a shepherd, and he answers. He's got a lot of responsibility because he answers directly to the chief shepherd. It's a big deal. So who is the person of this shepherd? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the chief shepherd shepherd. It's one of the most beautiful titles of the man of God that he is allowed to be called the shepherd or the pastor of that local body of Christ. Letter B, I'll hurry along here, our hopelessness without the shepherd. All right, so we understand the sheep are hopeless, helpless without the shepherd. You and I are hopeless without the shepherd. Go back to Psalm 23. Notice how he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Look at how personal this is. Now, the, the sheep are always part of a, of a flock, a lot of sheep around, okay? They've got buddies. It's not usually just the one and the shepherd. The shepherd, you, you, if you had one sheep, you wouldn't necessarily call yourself a shepherd. But, but to David, it was just him. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Look at all the personal pronouns. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, I mean, you think about that. The Lord is your shepherd. Now, if you didn't have a shepherd, you would be as hopeless and helpless as those sheep that we talked about, those actual physical sheep. If you didn't have the shepherd, you would have no hope of eternal life. You wouldn't. You would be of all men most miserable. If the good shepherd had not laid his life down for the sheep, you and I would have no hope of forgiveness, no hope of redemption, no hope of ever living forever with the Lord in heaven, but he did lay down his life for the sheep. He did shed his blood for your sins and for mine because he loved us, because his father willed him to do so, and he was obedient to his father. Man, praise the Lord. Not only that, but if you didn't have a shepherd in this life, it, it would be awful. Now, now, life is tough enough. We talked about that. But imagine it without a shepherd. Imagine it without a shepherd. Imagine not having the Lord. Imagine if everything, and people live this way. Imagine if everything was random. We were here randomly. We weren't created. We're not a fearfully and wonderfully made creation by God. We just evolved here. And, or maybe God did create us, but he doesn't care about us anymore. Some religions think that. They just wound the clock and let it go. What a miserable life. <laughs> Everything's an accident. Well, I hope I do the right thing. It's all, it's all random. But think about this. When you understand that you have a shepherd and your shepherd loves you, and your shepherd cares about you, when he allows something in your life, it's, it's okay. It's okay, because I'm being led along in shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whate'er I do, where'er I be, Tis still God's hand that leadeth me. Sing it with me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. By his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be. For by his hand he leadeth me. The Lord is my shepherd. The God of heaven condescends to be my personal guide, overseer, protector, deliverer. I want you to see finally, number three, our safekeeping. So we understand the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. 
We understand the relationship between our good shepherd and we as his sheep. Two points, and then we'll do uh, the rest four through six tonight. We're, letter A, safely kept by his provision. So he looks, for us, looks out for us in two ways. First of all, provision. He sees to our physical, material needs. Verse number two says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures were newly sprouted grass. In this area of Palestine, it was hard to find. The shepherd had to work real hard. The hireling would just lead him to weeds, to scraggly brown stuff. But the shepherd would find the green pastures, work hard, look in a valley at the right times of year to find the green grass. The kind of places were not abundant, but he still found it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Those sheep were skittish. They were scary, scary for, for anything. If somebody called them and that wasn't their shepherd, they'd freak out and run. They were scared of everything. They were even scared of water that was moving. They didn't like like that creek, the babbling brook. You and I like that. They hated that. They, they, they couldn't get close enough to drink. The hireling would let them thirst until there was some convenient water. But the shepherd, who loved the sheep, would go out of his way to find still water. If there was none, they, they'd make a little dam, and they'd make a pool of water there. They'd dam up the water so the water would be still to allow the sheep to drink. You and I are cared for by the good shepherd. I'll not get into it. A uh, few people know, but uh, about a, a month ago, we had to really, I said we're in transition. Uh, why? Why are you in a transition period? Uh, we love pastoring and we loved our church, but something came along and there was this sort, sort of a behind the scenes battle and, and we really just had to take a stand on what we saw as a biblical position. And uh, it, was, it was a tough thing to do, but I said, it, it, this, this is how it's got to be, according to the Word of God. And, uh, uh, and so the, we, we decided that I could no longer be the pastor there. And so there was a lot of emotions involved with that at the time. But I got to tell you that there was an overwhelming, deep, abiding peace that I was doing what God wanted me to do. You ever, you ever been there? Like, it's hard to do, and, uh, uh, but I know that the chief shepherd needs to be pleased, you see. And so that's what we did. But then, uh, all of a sudden, you know, of course, uh, no more paychecks. We were a full-time pastor and uh, loved, loved to be there, but then, the, you know, got, got cut off. And so you wonder, like, Lord, uh, what, what are we going to do? Are you going to take care of us? And we, we know that God's got a, the ministry next for us, but, but you can't really get, like, a full-time job in Fletcher or Hendersonville because you got, like, we're going to be gone two and a half weeks as of tomorrow, traveling, preaching different places. And, and so, you know, will, will the Lord take care of us? Can I tell you that the salary, just as a hand to God, blessing, praise the Lord, lift up my hands like the song said again and again, the salary has stayed the same. The Lord has provided through, I mentioned one thing in Sunday school, uh, anonymous gifts, people just, uh, one of those green handshakes. I never asked for anything from anybody, ever. Just talk to the Lord. Talk to my shepherd. And as I follow the shepherd, the shepherd takes care of his sheep. And that is always true. You can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. If you follow the shepherd, the shepherd takes care of his sheep. Now, if you wander, he'll do what he needs to do to get you back. But when you are right there in the fold, if you're obeying the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd will take care of you. He uh, safely keeps us by his provision. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Green pastures and still waters. Finally, letter B, we're safely kept by his preservation. 
Verse number three, I said he takes care of our material needs, but he also takes care of our spiritual needs, our real needs. Look at verse three. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restoreth my what? He restoreth my what? My soul. Now, restore. When, when we think of the word restore, we think of, well, I, I'm really tired. I need to take a break and relax and drink some water. Now I'm restored. But while, while that's the way we use the word, back here, this Hebrew word, that's not really what, what it meant. It means, I don't know if I put it in your notes or not, but it means to return or turn back. It means to bring back, to carry back. Many times in the Bible, it referred to repenting and returning to the Lord. That's what repentance is. It's a, it's a change of mind that produces a change of direction. And that's what that means. So he, our shepherd, restores my soul. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And sheep are prone to wander. The, the shepherd has got to be out front of, of the flock. That's why he doesn't drive them from the back because the sheep wouldn't know where to go. Because <laughs> the sheep, the, there's, there's different trails. They get distracted. I think as I study this, toddler, toddler, toddler. We have a four-year-old and uh, today he used the restroom in our bathroom. We have a little room where, where the toilet is. He came out where the sink is. That's a little bit higher than, than his restroom uh, on the other side of the house. And he said, I'll wash my hands in the other bathroom. I said, okay, make sure you do. And he's walking. I said, don't forget. And as he left, I thought he's never going to make it to that bathroom. He's going to be distracted by so many other things. The shepherd has to be out front this way, this way, this way, this way, right there, right there, right there, right there. Eat, 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 stop, drink, lie down. And he restoreth my soul because oftentimes the sheep is prone to just wander for no reason. Sometimes they'll find a patch of grass. Sometimes they'll see another trail that looks easier, and sometimes it is easier, but it goes to a dangerous place, and that shepherd has to bring that sheep back. Yup, yup, yup. Sometimes that's a, that's a whack <laughs> with the staff. Sometimes that's, that, that's a sharp word. Sometimes, sometimes the shepherd had to break the leg of the sheep and then splint it up again so it would stay where it's supposed to go. Sometimes the shepherd had to tie weights onto the leg of the sheep. Now, that sounds cruel until you understand that if the shepherd didn't do that, that sheep is going to die because that sheep is doing things that are bad for it. Now, I've been there. Y'all have been there too, I think, that you are doing something spiritually that is bad for you. And then God allows something in your life. He's restoring your soul, whatever it takes to get you back. He'll leave the 99 in the fold to go get that one. That's not because he's the favorite, but because he is the bad sheep, not the bad sheep, but he needs some extra attention, right? Sometimes you have a child in your family that needs just a little bit of extra attention. Well, that's what he's talking about. He restoreth my soul. Praise the Lord that God doesn't just give me a paycheck. He cares about my every single spiritual need every day. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Boy, isn't that good? He cares for your physical needs. He cares for your spiritual needs. He restoreth your soul. I'll read this. Another observer, a different book, says, I notice that some of the flock keep near the shepherd and follow whithersoever he goes without the least hesitation, while others stray about on either side or loiter far behind. And he often turns round and scolds them in a sharp, stern cry or sends a stone after them. I saw him lame one just now, not altogether unlike the good shepherd. Maybe I'm talking to a wandering sheep this morning. The Lord's working on you. And can I tell you this? It's so much better to stay in the fold. Stay in the, in the sheep fold. Hebrews 12 verses 5 through 6 says, Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. 
My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Matthew 18, 12, how think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? Miss Aaron, if you can make your way to the piano, you can start playing whenever you get there. Everyone here is like a sheep. Everyone in the whole world is like a sheep. But Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want to ask you uh, two things. First of all, are you saved? That means have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation? You, you have trusted the good shepherd's sacrifice for you, for your sins. He laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Have you received that gift of salvation? He died, was buried, and he rose again. And all it takes is putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and asking him to save you by faith alone and trusting in his grace. Are you saved? Secondly, if you are saved, are you following the leading of the good shepherd? Thank the Lord. Now, when I, when I look around the world, if, I, if I'm a sheep, I start to get real skittish. I start to think there's a lot going on. I don't know what to do next. But, but oh, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. So if I'm doing what God wants me to do and something happens, that's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. If I'm doing what I'm not supposed to do and the Lord allows something to come into my life that's going to cause me to come back to Christ, that's good too. That's the Lord loving me because the Lord 